Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And this week, seeing as how last week was Valentine's Day, I figured I would show Scott basically the most anti-Valentine's Day movie I could think of. And uh, here we are. So, um, Scott, what movie did I show you today? We watched the movie Midsommar, Midsummer, but we couldn't do it alone. Oh, no, uh, definitely not. We have to have a a guest on to unpack this very, very (laughs) jam-packed movie. So we had to get our horror expert here on the show this week. May I introduce to you all our good friend Brucker from the podcast Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Brucker, it's lovely to see you once again. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I'm, uh, I'm, it's, it's always a fun time when I get to chat with you, too. So uh, what better way to spend my Saturday morning? <laughs> uh, yes. And this is your first time watching Midsummer as well. It actually is. Yeah. yeah. 2019 is kind of like a blind spot for me for like some like like the, the movies that came out in that year. So um, this was an experience for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Scott and I were watching it last night and I was just like the whole time like things kept happening and I'm like, oh, God, Brucker's watching this. And like the best way to go into this movie is pretty blind. Yeah, and I gotta say, the first thing that surprised me the most was when I queued this movie up, I saw two and a half hours, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a long one. <laughs> well, the thing about, like, cult movies, and, like, movies that take place revolving a cult, like, this is very much like Wicker Man, like that type of movie. You did say that, yeah. And I've never seen Wicker Man, however, I've heard it compared to like if wicker man was a breakup movie it would be midsummer and since the oscars are coming up it got me thinking about that year at the oscars they had like this whole opening number with all of the movies that were quote-unquote snubbed that year there was just a person dancing around the stage with the big flower dress on representing midsummer because everyone thought midsummer was gonna get a nod that year for some reason kind of similar to how some people thought that Mia Goth was going to get an Oscar nod this year and um, yeah no it's it's a horror movie so unlikely (laughs) but it does come off very much like an Oscar movie in that it's a slow burn this midsummer film Mm -hmm. throughout the entire movie I just kept going yeah I wouldn't be in this situation I I just wouldn't do it once you mentioned oh yeah I I live in this commune okay I'm not going Well, uh, I oh, mean, <laughs> you never know, Scott. So just without getting into too much detail, I guess, uh, what were your like first impressions uh, after watching this movie for the very first time? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll start, Scott. Um, I, I really didn't know what to expect going into it. I mean, I knew about the, the Swedish cult vibes in it and everything. And, you know, it's based off like hereditary. And I like Ari Aster like to deal with a very heavy subject matter. But, you know, it's weird that all like these artours think that they need to have these movies be so fucking long for it to be like, quote, cinema or whatever. And that kind of sounds pretentious, like me saying it. But I mean, I don't know. I kind of find it obnoxious, like because there's so many times in this movie, I feel like like we could have cut like five minutes here, 10 minutes there, whatever, just like get this to be a little bit more digestible. 
But I almost wonder if it was like on purpose to make you feel like you're like really are just stuck in this cult family like our characters are. I don't know. I I I appreciate all of like the the creative efforts and craftsmanship that went into it, but I don't know if I'm like walking away being like a big fan of the movie. I didn't make the connection to Hereditary until you just said that. Well, because I don't think you knew this was Ari Aster, although now that you know, it makes sense, I'm guessing. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Lots I, of gruesome shots and the old naked people. and <laughs> The scariest villain of them all, naked women, yeah. But even this year, 2022, you know, we got that in Smile and Barbarian, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's true. Barbarian was scary as fuck with that. Um, but yeah. There are a lot of movies that this reminded me of. Like, I kept thinking, A, Wicker Man, B, The Witch. But I kept also thinking, these characters are idiots. <laughs> like, Yeah, but, like, to be fair, I feel like, and I'm not a horror expert like, like you guys are. I'm less into horror than you guys. But I feel like for a lot of horror movies to happen, the characters often have to be stupid. <laughs> not totally stupid but stupid decisions have to be made for horror movie to happen well it's not just horror movies it's all movies it's like oh it's it's gotta be dumb that you left your kid in chicago while you flew to france like are we talking about home alone again <laughs> how do we keep bringing it back to home alone <laughs> home alone catching strays but yeah no Jesus i mean christ i had the same thought there's so many times so many red flags in this, I would have been like, yeah, I just would have dipped out of this like so early on. But, you know, you probably like the characters and then being stupid. It's almost like I will say like they all kind of have their own sort of motivation to like stay there. Kind of like with Christian, the boyfriend, he's just like a dipshit. And he's just I think he's like the dumbest of them all. He's just like oblivious to everything. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Like and Florence Pugh, she's just trying to escape family trauma, right? Or tragedy. She's like the typical cult victim, I would say, in the movie. Like a, a person who's extremely vulnerable, who can very easily be kind of taken in by this quote unquote family. That's an excellent point. Uh, it's very true. Yeah, she's definitely the, the one that strays away from the pack. I related to some of the characters a little bit just because they're all in grad school. And, like, I understand, like, how important it is to, like, get your thesis and, like, to, like, really, like, decide what your thesis is going to be and, like, start, like, working on it, which is driving, like, Josh's character. Still, I feel like these people are just so blinded by stupidity or their own ego. It was just kind of, I don't want to say unbelievable, but, like, it was kind of like, all right, all right, you guys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, like, Mark. Mark was the shithead, Yeah. Uh, Will Poulter. Sorry. Yes, he was Will Poulter. And Mark, I kept going like, Mark, what are you doing? <laughs> to be fair, though, I feel like all horror movies also have to have a Mark-type character. Like, if you if you think about, I'm trying to think of, like, the first movie that comes to my head horror-wise is I Know I know What You Did Last Summer. He's like the Ryan Phillippe of the, of the group. He's like just the dickbag that kind of deserves to die, basically, and just is a dickbag at every turn but, for no reason. But is it the boyfriend kind of also the dickbag, too? Well, we got is, two dickbags. No, he is. In this, like, he is a dickbag, This too. movie really <laughs> needed the like the the, the 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 stoner guy from cabin in the woods you know like like this movie yes. needed like the funny stoner dude they're all kind of the stoner guy from cabin in the woods every time you turn around they're on mushrooms or fucking some kind of weird wonky drug that fucks with their brain 
Okay, so uh, just some preliminary fun facts uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty. As we said, the movie is written and directed by Ari Aster, who has, you know, in a relatively short amount of time, has developed quite a reputation for himself as far as, like, the types of movies he makes. Like we've been saying, the runtime is, you know, at times it could be excruciatingly long. I feel like I'm more, well, also because I've seen this before. But I'm just more, um, I guess, used to that because I've watched a lot of Oscar-y, oscar Beatty movies. So I'm used to a longer runtime and kind of more slow burns. But I do recognize that it's a slow burn. I would say it's better on rewatch. However, I do think that it's done purposefully, like Brucker was saying, to kind of unsettle the audience. I like the movie. It's fucking weird, but it's <laughs> definitely interesting and gory as fuck, which is why Brucker's here. Yes. Because <laughs> horror and gore, we need help unpacking it. So without further ado, are we ready to get into the nitty and the gritty? I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm taking my mushroom tea right now. <laughs> Alrighty. So we start off by kind of just meeting our players. Uh, we meet our main, main character, Danny played by Florence Pugh. She is a college psych student who is riddled with anxiety, and she's got a lot of family baggage. Her sister's bipolar and living with her parents and causing a lot of drama there. What I did appreciate on rewatch is how much Danny's anxiety plays into the movie. Not just, I mean, there are several times where she has just straight out panic attacks throughout the movie, but even in the moments where she's not freaking out, you know, she's seen taking Ativan, even in times where she's just like chilling around, standing around, you can see sometimes her legs start shaking. And I do that all the time. Like I'll just be sitting in a chair and suddenly my leg will start going. The way anxiety is portrayed in the film, I think was very realistic. Yeah, definitely. And Florence Pugh is probably the best part of this movie. She like really carries it, I think. I mean, her acting is just stupendous. It's so good. And her all of her like panic attacks and anxiety it all felt super warranted too and everything like i never felt like there was anything i was like okay you're being like sensitive or whatever or anything like that like it was just like yeah like this person is broken for sure yeah well if you talked to a fucking christian who's supposed to be her boyfriend you would think that she was being like just a big baby all the time he gaslights her constantly throughout this movie and it irritates me so much mhm christian clearly is just an idiot because when we do cut to him he's like oh yeah i've been trying to break up with her for like a month now and you don't try to break up with someone by the way you just break up with them it's not you know don't be a big baby about it no he he is being a big baby about it though because he because by that phrasing it makes it seem like he's been trying to be a bad boyfriend on purpose to where she breaks up with him right exactly the worst and he bitches to his friends about it like dude you're the bad guy here. Just fucking mm -hmm. end it. In our opening of the movie, we start off really with a, a big <laughs> fucking tragedy that really just sets the tone, I think, for the entire movie. So we establish that Danny is a, a bundle of baggage with her family and her boyfriend, Christian, who, by the way, is played by Jack Rayner, is a dickbag. But um, unfortunately, her sister basically commits murder suicide in that she kills herself with carbon monoxide poisoning 
and it also leaks in through the garage into the house where her parents are sleeping and they also pass away her whole family is obliterated in one foul swoop uh yeah that, that was that was really brutal just to open up with a with a family annihilation yeah uh, pretty heavy <laughs> and like uh brucker was referencing like when we see danny's reaction to it and her just guttural like sobs <laughs> as her boyfriend's like holding her and she's just completely breaking down it's just so hard to watch <laughs> and we're only in like minute 10 of the movie maybe <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, 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 what a way to like set the tone as you were saying frankie to like you know like this is gonna be heavy this will be serious and also this is about families leaving and changing and f- running into the arms of maybe better people or worse people you know so um so we kind of fast forward this happened in the winter time because what more depressing time could this happen but in the winter time (laughs) and then we kind of fast forward into the end of spring into summer and danny kind of begrudgingly goes to this party with christian and she's talking to a bunch of his friends and they all say oh we're gonna go to sweden for a month to research this commune with our good friend pele who's a foreign exchange student ah isn't he a totally normal and not (laughs) not creepy gentleman who's definitely our friend and not going to lead us to our death right <laughs> he is like the nicest one out of the bunch when we first meet him though he really is he's really he's nice throughout the entire movie which makes it even more sinister by the end but you don't get that from this beginning because you sit there and like when he talks to danny he goes hey I-, I never got to say it. I- i'm sorry for your loss like he's trying to well, be nice and he's the only one out of all of his friends and even christian who actually you see kind of reaching out and talking to her directly and like trying to connect with her <laughs> you don't even see her own boyfriend really doing that throughout the movie but you see Pele doing that by the way he's played by Wilhelm Blomgren I'm sure I'm saying that wrong but he's an actual Swedish actor this was a co-production between the U.S. and Sweden even though I think all of the footage from Sweden was actually filmed in Hungary but it's big field lots of sunlight that's really all we need <laughs> We also get our other friend Josh, who's played by William Jackson Harper, who I think he's known for that show, The Good Place. And Will Poulter, who is Mark. He's done a few things. He did that funny movie. We're the Millers. Yeah. And then he's going to be Adam Warlock in Guardians 3. Oh, interesting. So that's a thing. But yeah, Mark is the dick and Josh is like the grad student who's doing his thesis on Midsummer. Midsommar. But uh, to your point, Frankie, we're talking about how nice uh, Pele's being and everything. To to your point that you made earlier, you know, this is him already picking the, the, the vulnerable one out of his own friend group. Be like, you, I'm going to go ahead and start like grooming you and making you feel valuable and wanted in, in my commune. So, yeah, he's already planting the seeds here. I think at one point he even says to her, like, oh, I was most excited about you coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we know. As the audience, we're like, yeah, we know you wanted her to come. We get it. <laughs> I also want to know where grad students have the money for these plane tickets. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> like, like, these grad students are, like, doing pretty well. <laughs> so our, our lovely gang of 
rapscallions. They decide they're going to go to this Swedish commune. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I do admit this was a great little shot because Danny runs into the bathroom of her boyfriend's apartment and they immediately cut to the airplane. I'm like, that was a good shot. And her crying again in the airplane. She's just she's just a mess, this poor girl. I feel bad. Yeah, I was like, oh, thank God, a time jump in this two and a half hour movie. We're saving time somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we need we need a few. So I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a strange country that I don't know and meet a bunch of people I don't know, even the people I'm with, I don't necessarily trust 100%. The first thing I want to do is do psychotropic drugs. Oh, totally. (laughs) And just be out of my head. So, yeah, immediately when they get there, they meet two other um, travelers by the name of Simon and Connie. They're a nice little couple. Uh, and they just decide to do mushrooms all together, which is super fun. And Danny immediately has the worstest of worst bad trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she's not even ha- like initially she's feeling the ground and it seems like she's doing OK. And fucking Mark is having the bad trip because Mark is fucking <laughs> just screaming like everybody lay down. Lay down. I can't deal with no people right now. Like, Go the fuck away. We're in a field. <laughs> this is kind of the beginning of like the weird visuals that happen in this movie a lot of which are drug induced but yeah like danny will look down at her hand and she'll see the grass is growing out of her hand um i i I do like the use of nature and stuff in this movie and how it is kind of used to show how the whole environment is kind of getting into danny and how she's slowly but surely becoming more comfortable in this environment despite how fucking bad shit it is right and i think it's kind of like foreshadowing about how she is going to be sort of chosen or selected or whatever to be like part of this new commune family. Cause like later they even do say like, you're part of the family now. And like we see with how, you know, what they do with their elders ashes, how like it becomes part of like their soil and how she sees growth from the earth coming from her. It's kind of like the whole cyclic thing, how she's part of it now. She's planting new roots. Oh. <laughs> But now I feel like it's a good time too to mention the score in this movie. Score is really good. It was oddly very serene and tranquil at parts, and then it immediately will flip on a dime to just foreboding and terrifying and <laughs> impending doom. And <laughs> it's just like really fucking scary at parts. It was done by um, a British musician by the name of Bobby Kerlick. He also did the soundtrack for Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, that is an awesome soundtrack. Albums, like, throughout writing the script. So he was like, hey, why don't you just do the fucking score, man? And he was like, sure thing. And here we are. And it's it really is a good score. I would never listen to it just for funsies, but, like, if I felt like having some nightmares before I go to sleep, I would probably listen to the score for this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because at times a lot, it's like kind of calming. And like this movie, it's like very beautiful, lots of light and flowers and vegetation. And like I watched this late last night, and not like as a reflection of my opinion on the movie, but I did kind of find myself be like, I'm getting like way too relaxed. I'm like kind of like doing that number where I'm having to like wake myself up. And then when she runs off and goes into that restroom or whatever, we get this scary jump scare of her saying like her sister in the mirror before she goes out and passes out for six hours, which was probably my, my favorite scare of the movie. Well, it's funny. She sees her sister again at the very end and her mom. And I'm sitting there going like, 
this is fucking Wicker Man. Because in Wicker Man, the whole story is he's trying to find like a girl. Nobody's giving him any information. It's just getting weirder and weirder. Are you talking about the Nick Cage one? Both of them. They're the same movie. Because <laughs> now, because now, like, all I can see is like, how to get burned? 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 I don't know. And then she, the <laughs> girl shows up at the end. So I'm like, was the suicide faked? Was it like this whole plot? I'm like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I don't think the conspiracy runs that deep, dear. Well, that and then, of course, there also has to be a bear. Oh yes, as soon. Oh my God! So we we do get into like the commune now, and as we we mentioned this before, we even started recording how like the second they walk into this commune, there's this big like golden archway over the over the town, and Scott immediately while we were watching the movie is just like, "Nope, I'm out. Bye. (laughs) 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 See ya. Bye. I'm out of here." I'll find a way. I will walk 10 hours. I, I don't care. I'm not going in this fucking archway. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of people in white robes and they're playing flutes nope. and shit. Nope. And it's just very... Absolutely not. Flute players are dangerous people. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that too, Brooker, because I thought maybe... Because, like, uh, again, like, these people who are in this commune visiting from America and London too, but, like, they're just, like, here and it's totally normal and you're like, ah, oh, it's just another culture. It should be respectful of other cultures. La di da. And I thought maybe it was like an East Coast thing. I'm like, you know, us New Yorkers aren't very trusting generally. <laughs> so maybe it's just <laughs> me and Scott who are like being too harsh. But no, Rucker too was like, no, we're it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I was like, no, this I don't trust any of this <laughs> at all. <laughs> you, you know that those flutes were made from like hollowing out the the bones of like their their adversaries. I, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> yes but back to the bear too so they're just walking around touring this fucking commune and they just the way they introduce the bear is hilarious because they're just walking around like oh look a sacred temple oh look this oh look the flowers and the gardens oh how lovely and then they just walk past this cage with a bear in it and one of the guys is just like oh look a bear (laughs) and that's it no other explanation as to why there's a bear there I need like a three-part Netflix series of them capturing that bear because I I don't <laughs> think that these people are actually capable of doing that. I don't see any like actual weapons besides like big hammers. So yeah, like how exactly. I need to see how they tricked this bear <laughs> into a cage. And then they also do reference this very creepy yellow triangular temple and it's mentioned for one second in the beginning of the movie and like oh no one can enter <laughs> and no one leave <laughs> but it's like never mentioned again a couple of times throughout the movie it's just shown like in the background and it's not really talked about ever and you, you know you don't even realize that you like kind of forget about it at some point until like the very end when you know it's a thing <laughs> well Yes and no, because they do have a couple of shots of like the entire commune and it just stands out. It does, yeah. This just feels like it's weird and it shouldn't be there. Right, yeah. I almost wonder, like, would it have would it have been creepier if we just saw them like building it throughout the movie? Like like, like we just like they just get there and like they're working on something and they're like hey what are they building and they're like oh your your death trap but like you know like (laughs) (laughs) oh boy so they're all this commune oh god this movie they're all this commune now and the the 
elders of the town explain to all these newcomers like ah oh, this is the midsummer festivities it's a nine day thing and there are many ceremonies and blah 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 apparently like the swedish details in the film are actually depictions of real like swedish like old very old swedish traditions um <laughs> <laughs> and the midsummer thing it's supposed to be like one of the most magical nights of the year when magic and supernatural things can go into the real world and blah 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 you know it's very spoopy it's it's like any old culture ceremony you know like some of the older day to dead stuff right exactly yeah or like the the first uh dinner at hogwarts yeah yeah it's all it's all like (laughs) that yes (laughs) for the kids listening (laughs) you know goose movies for sure definitely absolutely for kids of course dumbledore (laughs) is definitely an elder that that would just slide right in here yeah oh yes (laughs) with those robes man please so now we've kind of introduced everything and we've we've entered our setting for the movie and we just kind of go right into fuckery from this point on <laughs> and it just gets weirder and weirder as we go. So let's get right into like the first ceremony um, with the old people. Mm. We spend a lot of time establishing like this culture's traditions and stuff throughout the whole movie. So like, for example, when they all eat together they don't sit down until the person at the head of the table sits down and then they don't eat until the person at the head of the table starts eating and it's all that kind of stuff and then after they have this meal together they take these old people that were at the head of the table and they put them in chairs and they carry them up the mountain i kept thinking of holes (laughs) we must carry madame zaroni up the mountain oh my god I liked this scene because, A, this was, like, the first introduction to, like, how fucked up and gory this movie's going to get. And secondly, they they build it up really well with the score and just the visuals and just the tension in the scene is very palpable. Um, Scott, do you want to (laughs) explain this ceremony? So these two old people jump off the cliff. Uh, A big rock below. To a big rock below. The lady dies instantly mm-hmm. and bounces. Boing. <laughs> <laughs> she bounces. Like she exits, but no, literally, she bounces. I get it now. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And Got it. Simon and Connie freak the fuck out because, yes, you should freak the fuck out. Well, they all Somebody... freak the fuck out um, just differently. What? It's really the Brits. It's really the Brits. <laughs> they mostly freak out. They freak out. Danny's we're in her perspective so it's just like you get the the sound change and you're like danny just doesn't can't she's not processing yeah yeah she's like whatever like semblance was like left of like any sanity in my brain is now gone josh kind of like covers his mouth because he's the only one i kind of knew maybe what was gonna happen i feel like it's questionable if he because it's implied beforehand that he knows of the ceremony but the way he reacts when she falls, it seems like he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. So maybe he knew she was going to die, but maybe not how brutally she was going to die. But like the way that he goes to bed, like, you know, with that information, he's like, that's what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> okay. He's just like, it's so you know. weird though, too. Cause yeah. Cause like you would think that Josh would at least say to his friends, one of whom is this girl who lost her entire family in a really brutal, terrible way. Hey, maybe you don't want to bring Danny to this 
ceremony tomorrow because these old people are gonna die <laughs> like maybe you don't want to do maybe it'll be a little much for her but the one guy i want to bring up who doesn't react is fucking christian yeah like he, exactly he, <laughs> See, yeah. Rucker agrees with me. christian's just like okay I don't think he's just like okay. I think he's just I don't know what he's doing. He's like light bulb, my thesis. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's essentially like I don't even know. That guy is so fucked up. <laughs> he's a bag of dicks. Like it, this whole movie should have just been like Danny in a bag of dicks. Like that's pretty I mean, much what it is. That's that's the alternate title, Danny in a bag of dicks. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't pay as much attention to Christian's reaction during the ceremony. I was more appalled by his reaction after the ceremony when Danny is clearly upset. She's like about to burst into tears and he's just like, okay, take a few minutes for yourself. All right. And he runs off to catch up with Josh. And I'm like, what? Christian's acting like he went to McDonald's and like they gave him like chicken nuggets instead of a Big Mac. Like he's just kind of like, ah, this is like kind of inconvenient to my day. You know, like it's so weird. But you're right, because he literally did, like, after he witnesses these people, which, by the way, the, the point of the ritual, essentially, and it's sort of kind of explained earlier by Pele, the people in this community, they have different, like, stages of life or whatever, and the oldest stage ends at 72, your mentor stage, it ends at 72, and even Danny asks, so what happens at 72, and Pele makes a joke, like, eh, and like but like they laugh it off like a joke and he's like no no i'm serious like we fucking kill them <laughs> so it's supposed to not be weird but it's it's weird and uncomfortable and unsettling um and then when christian literally ditches his extremely traumatized girlfriend he chases after josh who by the way is here to do his grad school thesis on midsummer festivities and, and that's what they're here for so this is like his thing right and christian goes in there and he's like hey so i've decided i'm gonna do my thesis on midsummer and on this swedish community what do you think about that man and josh is like are you fucking joking <laughs> what the fuck bro <laughs> so you thought oh this guy's just a dick to his girlfriend no 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 he's a dick to everyone <laughs> including his friends <laughs> great we love him i can't wait for him to die <laughs> He sucks. He's that he's that person in the group project. It's like, oh yeah, guys, whatever you need, just let me know, but does nothing. Exactly. The only other thing so going back to the ceremony real quick. So after the old woman dies, the old man then jumps. Oh god, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> we we didn't even touch that. Oh yeah, this guy does not bounce. He doesn't die. He breaks his leg and is sitting there. And this is where, as Brucker said, they bring out the big hammer <laughs> and they smash him in the head, not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> and like they like they rest in between the reps, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I looked at Frankie, I'm like, was that second one necessary? I'm like, I'm pretty sure he was dead after the first one, and then the third one happened i'm like that definitely wasn't necessary to smash the fucker's face in and mind you it's not like they you know they they shoot it like oh we see person wielding hammer and then as it goes down they cut to oh, disturbed faces in the crowd no they show a hammer wielding up in the air and slamming down on this guy's cavernous fucking 
bloody mutilated face. <laughs> mm-hmm. And same thing with, with the old woman. We saw the bouncing uh, broken yes. soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, the, the brutality and the gore is kind of surprising and kind of here for it. And something that was really interesting from the, the old man dying and, you know, cause he doesn't die immediately. Like how you said, Scott, and he's kind of like uh, moaning in pain and like the rest of the commune start like mimicking his cries too, which is like something that happens repeatedly. It's so strange. Yeah. It happens several times throughout the movie. This mimicking of audible pain. <laughs> it, it That's so unsettling. It really is. Yep. <laughs> and a couple times I sat there, I'm like, who does this help? I feel like this would make me worse. Oh, well, we find out later who it helps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love Scott's point. Of, who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's basically like, his, uh, like you know how they do like review lines on the back of the movie? Like, ah, best movie of the year. Four stars. That's Scott's review. Who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> so everyone's review of the new series Velma. Who is this for? for? (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So we've established further that uh, this fucking place is terrifying. Christian is a dick bag and Danny is fucked up. She goes off and cries alone because her boyfriend's an asshole. And who is there to comfort her? But Pele, which, you know, if this weren't a horror movie and just like a normal drama or whatever, you would kind of root for Pele to, <laughs> to, to like protect Danny and, you know, make her feel better. But, you know, in the back of your mind that he is fucking working her. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a special kind of sinister undertone when you see someone who is being so genuinely nice to someone and caring but you know underneath it all there is a ulterior motive isn't this also where it comes out that it's her birthday oh yes and of course christian forgot her fucking birthday yeah and palace was like i know it's your birthday i drew you picture you know <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> here distraction <laughs> you would fit right in in sweden my friend I feel like that every every Swedish person listening is offended. Yes. <laughs> Cuz they do mention as far as again establishing the culture of this community, the May Queen, which is essentially just like every year they crown a queen of the fucking weird Swedish town and she wears flowers on her head and dances around with glee and that's, you know, the poster. It's it's literally the poster. It's, yeah, it's literally the poster. <laughs> and again why i started thinking sacrifice because i'm making all these connections to wicker man right and fair (laughs) and fucking nick cage and i can't remember the original guy being shoved into a giant guy and being lit on fire shoved into a giant guy (laughs) that's literally what happens no i know it's just the way you say it it's funny (laughs) um so that's like day one yay Aren't we having fun? Let's, oh, and also we forgot to mention Connie and Simon, our British couple. Uh, they immediately, like we said, are like the only rational people here, and we're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, so they <clears throat> leave to go to the train station. Uh, correction: Simon leaves to go to the train station by himself because mm-hmm. the truck only carries two people. That it's a truck, though, so like that doesn't really make sense. But okay. 
But they obey traffic laws. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we obey the traffic laws. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't even wear shoes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this there's another instance too of like Danny goes to Christian at one point and is like, hey, Simon just left Connie here. Like, what the fuck? Like something is up here. And Christian is just completely ob- oblivious to it. And it's like, you see the way she looks at him. And it's just like, oh, okay, thank God. She's slowly starting to realize what an emotionally fucked up, abusive, manipulative piece of shit he is. Yay. But then also you're like, wait, they're in a cult right now. This is not good. <laughs> yes. And this is when the movie really starts to play into that fear of isolation. And you know, you being like, oh, shit, I am extremely cut off even if i want to leave they kind of just take you to the train station in the in the two-seat truck so this is gonna be this is weird so um christian has a little uh admirer who's not so secret <laughs> in the in the village um I, I don't you learn her name but i don't even freaking remember we're just gonna call her the redhead because she's apparently the only freaking redhead in this village she like leaves this like love potion or something underneath christian's bed and um they establish different things that they do in this village to um court men mm-hmm. <laughs> okay wait <laughs> okay because they go past this tapestry at one point. Yeah. That is like, oh, you put pubes in their food. Uh-huh. And then they fall in love with you. And period blood in their drink. Yep. Oh. And that man Mm-mm is yours. good. <laughs> you didn't notice that the that Christian's drink was significantly redder than all of the other ones? <laughs> hmm. One, I wonder what that is. At one point I'm sitting there going. No one, not one of you friends, notices that Christian has a different drink. But anyone yeah, else at the table brings that to his attention. They all don't like him. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they do. I think they're all sick of his shit. To be fair, but um, yeah, th- that happens. And they reference also in the movie that um, in order to, because it's such a small community, in order to prevent inbreeding and incest they often um, basically outsource their breeding. So they have people, outsiders come in for the mating, which um, if I were a fucking normal human being with a brain cell, if I were Christian, I would be like, hmm, I'm an outsider. And I've been told now that this girl, who, by the way, looks about 14 years old. Scott said 16. I thought he was being generous. She looks 14. And he's like, hmm, I'm an outsider. And this teenage girl has the hots for me. And I just ate a tart with her pubic hair in it. I should be concerned. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I didn't make the goddamn movie. (laughs) But like, yeah, I should be concerned, perhaps. Concerned? No? Okay. Moving on. Thesis time. Well, do, 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 do. Well, okay. It's like, what the fuck? And while all that is going on, our friend Mark pees on a sacred tree. Oh, yes. The dick hole character. The obvious dick hole character. And people get very mad at him because he pees on the sacred tree. And Mark gets taken away and is gone. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Let's talk about this. So... This is the point where shit starts really getting very real now. We're really going down the fucking hole into crazy town. 
Josh, who is our OG like grad student, I want I'm here to do my thesis, dude, right? He's like, I want to f- take photographs of your holy book. May I do that, please? He says to the elder, and the elder's like, fuck no, you piece of shit. Don't you dare. And um the guy's like, oh never mind, I'm gonna dare and I'm just gonna do it in the dead of night while you all are sleeping. He sneaks into this um like temple where the holy book is located. And he goes in there and he's taking pictures of the book. And then all of a sudden he turns around and he sees just a shadowy figure that kind of looks like Mark. (laughs) It's not Mark. (laughs) Spoiler alert. This is probably the most like gruesome fucking death scene ish in the movie. Yes, I I did have a gasp at those. Actually, it did surprise me. This is very Texas Chainsaw. I was going to say Hannibal Lecter or Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So Josh turns around and sees this guy that kind of looks like Mark and it distracts him long enough to get knocked the fuck out and just be fucking dead. I didn't realize when I first watched this movie at first that he just died right then. All I saw was him on the ground and then I just heard these like guttural moans and I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then it pans down to him just on the floor bleeding from the head. And you're like, oh, that's him. And he's twitching and shit. It's very just gives you the skeeves but then you get even more skeeves because you look up and the guy who looks like mark isn't mark it's a guy wearing mark's skin suit and he has his dick out oh yeah dick's just flapping in the breeze in this movie as well sorry kids (laughs) believe it or not this movie could have been longer because they filmed mark's entire death scene and cut it because if they kept it in it would have been (laughs) nc-17 So they apparently filmed the scene of him getting killed and skinned alive. I don't know. I that I mean, I could do without it. <laughs> yeah, of all the things to cut, you know, it, it, you brought it up earlier, Frankie. Just all of the minutes of them waiting to just like pick up their utensils and eat their food. Just kind of yeah. make that a little bit shorter, you know. Um. So we have now one, two, three, four dead people. <laughs> uh, we are down to just Danny. And Christian. Which, I mean, never have I been more excited to root for a duo. (laughs) To make it out alive. (laughs) I can't wait. But at this point, um, Danny and Christian are separated. Which, again, like, God, just back to your point, Scott, about everybody being stupid. It's like, okay, we've witnessed many much weird fucked up things. If we don't think that these guys are murdering people, we definitely think they're doing some weird shit. So they not only want to separate me from the only person that I actually know and, like, is not insane, but they want to, like, drug us up and, like, go on a fucking magical adventure with us. Like, no. No, no. I'm going to stay with Danny. Danny's going to stay with me. None of that. He's just like, okay, bye, babe. And he leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, I do seriously wonder throughout the movie, because Danny's also taking sleeping pills. How much of this are they completely like drugged Soink up? Out. Yeah. Because maybe that's part of also the reason they're not thinking as straight because they've been drugged up this whole time. Right. That's a good point. Because you really did. Because it's supposed to be nine days. And I like I don't I didn't count, but it definitely wasn't dark nine times throughout the movie. <laughs> it was like maybe one scene where it was dark, maybe two. 
<laughs> so you're like, hmm. Yeah, I think it was like three or four sleeps. Which is another reason why, like, you know, you're in a strange place. Strange things are happening. Maybe don't take drugs. Maybe hold off for a little. At one point, somebody tries to give Christian, like, water with special properties. And Christian's just like, nah, I'm good. And she's just like, no, 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 take it, take it, take it. Like, by that point, it's too late, honey. You're you're in. You're already dead, basically. So you might as well drink it. <laughs> you might as well drink it. You might as well go out with a high. <laughs> So, yeah, well, Christian leaves to, like, you know, I guess get prepped for the impending grossness that's about to occur. We're going to fucking get there. But, um, yeah, we get the Maypole scene with Danny. And essentially, it's just a competition for who's going to be the May Queen. And all of these women in these white dresses and little flower crowns stand around in a circle and dance around the Maypole. And um, they're all drugged up and fucked up it's a trippy ass scene because they're going in different directions and they're twisting and turning around but they're also like in perfect synchronicity for like a long time so it's like ah the community and danny looks down and she feels grass growing out of her feet it's like okay we get it (laughs) she is becoming one with the fucking community now and it's really disconcerting (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I kept going, there's too much spinning. There is too much spinning. Oh, yeah. Scott's not a spinny guy. He doesn't do, you know, spinny things. So I was like, are you okay over Me there? Me too. Yeah, I was getting like a little nauseous. Yeah. I was, and, and then because they even show some women throw up. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, the whole competition is like you twist and turn and dance around the maypole until you are the only one left. And then whoever that is is the May Queen. It's a really well done scene because it just completely discombobulates you in every way shape or form which again is very much a cult thing like once they get you in their grasp they kind of fuck with your brain whether with drugs or just you know like brainwashing techniques or stuff like that just to get you kind of in and keep you in right of course all the other girls they wobble and they fall down and danny becomes the may queen everything is wonderful and by this point christian has rejoined them all drugged up and spaced out he's having a very bad trip at one point one of the elders just like smacks him in the head and he starts crying and i (laughs) couldn't help but laugh because at this point fuck that guy yeah and doesn't he try to be like why'd you do that (laughs) it just reminded me i had a friend in college who would take acid and anytime he would see somebody in a plaid shirt he would like bug the fuck out oh my god (laughs) that's great (laughs) so my other buddy would automatically know every time he did acid he would pull out a plaid shirt just the bucket <laughs> of him and it just it just reminds you like why would you do that that's so man? funny did you guys think at this point that she was still gonna die at the end like be sacrificed or- yeah i was definitely thinking like oh is she, like you know they're gonna put on like the flowers and then like set her on fire or something i don't know because like i was looking out for the fire thing the whole time because Pele like did that little bit of foreshadowing at the beginning when he was like explaining how he's an orphan he's like yeah my parents died in a fire and so the whole time i was like all right that's like definitely part of whatever this debauchery is so i'm just like waiting for for that to come Ah. back so she she gets dragged off to go bless the flowers yeah you know as you do in sweden i guess and christian gets dragged off to speaking of flowers deflowering Uh, yeah um (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of deflowering. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The most uncomfortable I've been in a year, maybe, <laughs> watching this scene. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so it's essentially a sexual ritual, guys. It's it's a thing. We're trying to impregnate the clearly fourteen year old redhead, and they drug him up real good, and they go into this fucking temple or whatever, and there's the fourteen year old on a bed of flowers because flowers, you know, nature. That's a part of this thing. Symbols and things and stuff. And, and fuck and nature is is what it's saying. There's a bunch of <laughs> naked ladies around the girl because Ari Aster movie but not like you know in a fun way old naked ladies rolls rolls everywhere and <laughs> it's not it's, it's just they're swaying and chanting it's very uncomfortable doesn't he have performance anxiety at least just a little bit? no he's so fucking gone I mean oh no wait didn't they give him like that little smoke vape thing and they're like yeah this, this is this is your boner jam yeah this is great so oh, yes for vitality <laughs> i was like oh my god smoke this viagra <laughs> yeah exactly so like just yeah oh god though the one point where i almost lost it and died laughing is when the old lady gets behind him oh and starts god. shoving his ass oh my god i wanted to die it was Absolutely so weird. Not. oh my and then the other lady gets in between them like uh, christian and the redhead and just starts like singing and christian's looking at her like what the fuck <laughs> what do i do and then he's just like all right i guess i'm gonna keep going <laughs> and then they start like chanting in unison it's very weird um but danny eventually comes back from whatever ritual she's doing with the other girls and she comes back and sees this whole thing happening with christian and gets very upset and just erupts into sobs and has a panic attack and then we get the big mimicking crying sequence with her and this is kind of a pivotal moment for her in the story for danny because she runs off to be by herself which is what she's done throughout the entirety of the movie every time she's had a moment or she's panicked or upset, she runs off to be alone to like get it all out. In this way, it's different because all of the other girls in the village are coming after her and holding her and comforting her. And then when Danny starts sobbing and screaming, all the other women mimic that pain with her and make her feel held, as Pele mentioned earlier in the movie. He's like, do you feel held by Christian? And, you know, the obvious answer is no. But now she is being empathized with and cared for by all of these women in this village. And that's really kind of the moment where she's, you know, she's become enveloped with this community, I think. And it's really creepy because at one point you get the juxtaposition of the girls sobbing and screaming together and then the ritual room where there's another kind of noise coming out <laughs> and it's very you know there's a lot happening at this moment and christian immediately like after releasing um, oh god must we must <laughs> we call it that must we call it anything <laughs> after releasing oh my god <laughs> 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 he tries to escape with his dingle dongle flapping in the breeze he he gets into a barn to try and escape these people oh we forgot the did we mention that he saw fucking josh's foot just sticking out of the ground oh that's right he did see josh's <laughs> foot sticking out of the ground which i didn't get why they put his fucking severed leg in the garden like why would you do that what I, does that do for you and your culture he sneaks into the barn 
and immediately sees Simon filleted, basically, yeah, but still alive. It's re- you see his lungs exhaling and inhaling. It's really just crazy, Ooh. gory, and just, ugh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot. Kind of cool, but also a lot. <laughs> I like how they shot it, though, because they shot, like showing simon's body like in a weird way like underneath him and then christian kind of ducking underneath and twisting around and then the second he stands upright he gets like flung with pixie dust and knocked the fuck out that's the other thing none of these people have peripheral vision of course not it's a horror movie no one has peripheral vision i feel like in horror movies because josh when josh gets killed by the hammer the guy comes like from the side and smashes him with the hammer and then here christian doesn't notice a random guy with powder just walk up behind him and blow it in his face hits him with pocket sand yeah (laughs) pocket sand ah we love a good thing of pocket sand (laughs) (laughs) now we're at the end of the movie and danny is this this mountain of flowers it's probably one of the most iconic things in the movie that everybody knows about the big flower dress and it seems really uncomfortable to walk around in as we see later with danny she tries to kind of walk in it and it doesn't really work out (laughs) she seems like she's gonna fall on her fucking face so the elders explain now that for this last like final ceremony of midsommar there needs to be nine sacrifices four outsiders four from the community and one chosen by the May Queen. So we have the four outsider sacrifices with Connie, Simon, Josh, and Mark. We get four community sacrifices. Two of them volunteers who are just alive and well, uh, volunteering to die. Then she has to make a pick between another member of the community who we have no idea who this is. And Christian, the guy who cheated on her and his guests let her the entire movie. And by the way, his visual at this point in the movie is really unsettling and creepy because he just looks like he's been in a fucking nursing home for 12 years just covered by a blanket and an old rickety wheelchair and he can't move and can't talk it's like really unsettling like everything else in this movie but the score here is really great when she's like getting ready to decide and she's looking at christian and they're they're both looking at each other and it just gets more and more her pouty face is the poutiest that's ever pouted. And it's just <laughs> it's just getting more and more intense until it cuts. And then you see Jack Rayner being stuffed into a fucking bear. <laughs> Poor bear. I felt so bad for the bear the whole time. <laughs> for the bear. Not for not for Christian, but for the bear. <laughs> the bear didn't do anything. He was just being a bear. But we pile all of these sacrifices, both dead and alive, into this aforementioned creepy triangular yellow temple of sorts and we see christian whose eyes are like bugged out in this fucking bear and they give the two living sacrifices from the community they give them drugs to stop the pain but they set the fucking place on fire so it's not like you're not gonna fit the guy starts screaming like brutally so you gotta think it's even worse for Christian because he can't even scream. He's just trapped in his own body, just forced to burn alive. Now, Christian's not a good guy, but he's not 
the worst guy in the world. I don't think he deserves to burn alive inside a bear. I just, I don't, <laughs> despite the fact that he's a dickhead, I don't think he's like, you know, the most evil guy in the world. Like, he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> right. No. Okay. I'm glad we can all agree on that. There, are, I'm sure, are some feminists that are like, fuck it, let a bird. But. <laughs> It, no <laughs> it does make it tragic for him too despite the fact that he's been a dick the whole movie i was thinking because you know this whole time you're talking about how it's like a slow burn and everything but i you know i always feel like, like the slow burn it needs to build to like something really big and like just them putting him in a bear suit and lighting him on fire to me wasn't like enough i don't know like but i, I felt like i wanted a little bit more shock and awe because like I don't know. I wanted, I was kind of hoping for it to be like a bigger reveal of like, ta-da, this has been going on the whole time. Like, I thought it would have been like scarier if like they brought out their missing friends and they were still alive and they also got killed in this too. Ooh. That would have been fucked. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of like, okay, I, I get where it's going. I get you. I get what you're saying. If Josh was still alive and maybe Connie, mm-hmm. but they were just kind of like fucked up. Right. Like, cause Simon was still alive technically, 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 but not conscious. I would assume. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> that would have been definitely a more stark, like, holy shit moment. Even if Christian were able to move or scream or something or like beg for mercy, that might have added more punch to it. Well, what if his drugs that paralyzed him wore off? right as like the fire was set or something like uh, that yeah maybe they timed it yeah, so- <laughs> yeah they timed it on purpose like that so he could like struggle then they you cut to danny who didn't start smiling right well it kind of builds up yeah the score at this point too it's just it really kind of underlines the whole thing where everyone is mimicking because you hear the guys screaming in the fucking temple and all of the villagers outside are screaming along with them right along with the mimicking stuff that's been going on the whole movie and danny's kind of doing that she's clearly horrified at first and screaming and crying but then slowly but surely as she watches the temple go up and essentially her whole previous life go up in flames it slowly but surely creeps into a cheshire cat-like smile and that's how we end the movie and scott got a big laugh at the end of the movie when after this big horrifying death scene uh, it just goes into like do 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 with the end credit song. It's like la di da di da, <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? Such a hard contrast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically this whole movie, though. <laughs> it's just very hard mm-hmm. contrasts. Yeah. But yeah, that's fucking midsummer. It takes you on quite a trip. <laughs> I wouldn't make popcorn and like sit down thinking you're gonna watch fucking like scream too like this isn't a fun horror movie in any respect so yeah i'm curious how we all rated this movie on letterboxd i gave it a three and a half out of five stars i had it like that before and i I kept it there i think it could have been shorter for sure i think there's a purpose to its length but i still think it could have been tightened up a little bit but overall i think it was a good creepy ass movie what do you think brucker what would you rate this? I respect your rating, Frankie. Um, I think I, because I rated some letterboxes as well. I gave it three out of five stars. 
you know, I recognize how impressive the movie is from all sorts of different standpoints, from like the score, visually, cinematography, acting. I echo a lot of things you said. I feel like it just could be like a little bit tighter. And honestly, just from like a horror fan perspective, I wish it kept me guessing more throughout the movie. Like, yes, it was, I didn't exactly know like what the rituals were or what they were going to, but I got that like they're all going to die. And so like, I just wasn't like left shocked at the end with like, oh, they're going to like burn them in the fire as a sacrifice. And she has to pick you know, who lives and dies. Like, I don't know why I just wasn't like super surprised by that. So I wish that the movie leaned more into like the mystery of like people going missing or keeping you guessing about what was to come. That's the thing about like cult movies. Cult movies are always a little weird and a little like, what are we doing here? And sometimes you have to have like a reason for the characters to stay. I felt like, that was one of the weaker points of this movie is these characters really didn't have a reason to stay when shit got really balls to the walls weird. But babe, Christian had to complete his thesis. I would probably be in the middle of you two, honestly. If I could rate it the 3.25, I would. But I, I ended up rounding up to a three and a half. What we've learned from this movie is it's better off to agree with your significant other than not. Otherwise, <laughs> they'll burn you in a fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why you're building that temple all back? <laughs> yeah, just in the backyard. Just like it's chilling. not a she shed. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a she shed. It's a he shed. Oh god. Huh. So did I do a good job at picking an anti Valentine's movie? Yes, I think you did. Yay. That was my goal. <laughs> Don't be a dick to your girlfriends, guys. <laughs> Or they'll take you to Sweden and be done with you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they'll stuff you into a bear. So, Brucker, please plug Autopsy, where we can find it, where everyone can yes, connect please. with you. Yes, yes. Th- thank you so much for having me. Uh, you can find Autopsy of a Horror Movie anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brucker Horror, and that is spelt B-R-U-C-K-E-R-H-O-R-R-O-R. Um, and yeah, just come on over have a good time watching some horror movies, discussing horror movies. Uh, uh, the two episodes that we have in the chamber right now are our top five 2022 horror movies. And also around Valentine's, we're going to be having uh, death becomes her come out. Ah, there you go. Death becomes her is one of those movies that I've always seen around, but never actually watched. So yeah, that's a weird. I might have to do that now. <laughs> can, we, can we get a hint on what might be in the top five of the uh, Brucker's 2022 horror movies? My number five, I won't say what it is, but uh, it's a horror movie that came on on Netflix that everybody hated. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Controversial. We love that. Um, (laughs) So um, we always love having you on, man, and we hope to be on your show again soon, too, because it's always fun talking to you about horror stuff. You make me want to watch more horror movies, which I'm usually not a big horror person, but you definitely make it funner to talk about. <laughs> well, that makes me happy. And thank you for the kind words. It's always great to, to get to hang out with you two. You two are very fun. Aw, thanks. Thank you very much. So next week, we are going again in a very opposite direction. We're doing another Disney movie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, not scary people dying brutally in Sweden. 
so stay tuned for that much uh, lighter, hopefully, episode. And uh, until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And I'm Brucker. <laughs> Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our high flying, swashbuckling movie adventure. Hi, Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> <laughs>